one. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. do it yes there we go all right so yeah not a not a spare moment for the doc um we've got to keep on top of stuff where i've been working through the day um trying to uh, advance our science capabilities you will notice that there is a new a new grift a new total that we need to reach and lit literally right now this is um running costs to get on top of uh, the next phase of our scientific studies. Now, um, I wanted to, I'm going to spend a little bit of time just looking at uh, Bob Brush Wilson. Um, he's done a, like a rebuttal to the debate he had with Matt. And I think it's worth just spending five, ten minutes going over his rebuttal and seeing where it sort of stands in the in the scheme of things. And, you know, what what I think each person's um, uh, position is. And let me just say, if someone was trying to tip me, uh, Quiet Coney, if um, did you try the McCann Dojo, not McCann Dojo, uh, Streamlabs, try that. That's often more forgiving than uh, the tip jar. Um, the tip jar just is, um, I have to have high security on it. So when they debanked me at the same time, there was a, um, a, 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 how would you say, like a scam, credit card scam launched against the 
uh, my Stripe account, and the, in in a day they ran up sort of over twenty thousand dollars. And so, the security level is somewhat high on the tip jar. It's no reflection on you, or that it's just the internal algorithms. And if you want to, uh, if that one doesn't work for you, buy me a coffee, or use GayPal. With GayPal, you do get a GD Bakshi. Um, let me just see if that works. Uh, Oh, I have to, someone would have to tip it to make it work, but, uh, oh, JC, uh, good to uh, see you, bro. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna do, uh, 10 minutes. If you want to, if, if you want to, um, jump in well, while we look at, um, jo uh, not John, um, bog brush Wilson, um, uh, I'm more than, more than happy to, um, just, uh, my zoom is open, dude. Just uh, you can you can jump in. So let me um let me jump right into where we are right now, and um because I'm gonna have Rimo on as well, and I want to talk about uh somewhat the because she's helping right now in the uh the, well the building out of a lab. We're building a new lab basically. It's a public lab, and uh, everyone everyone is invited to um. <laughs> are you on the right never mind dude um so let me uh, let me do this jump to the main page and no not that one that one do this all right so let's do this uh so we're gonna have 10 10 minutes looking at this individual and the um it's bog b-o-g that's what it's british slang for the uh crapper <laughs> the, the toilet bog bulk brush um let's uh let's quickly move through the um oh is this working uh, we have so have ten... yes it is so dojo is working for streaming um of course all the links are there to uh help now for some reason i'm not on there what if i do that b yeah there we go um, so mccandojo.com, that's where you can uh, interface with me or wtyl.live. Um, and yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the stream you did earlier, uh, Jay. I've been I've, I've actually been quite busy uh, doing lab stuff. Ah, I'm, um, feel like a goddamn grad student again. All the <laughs> stuff i'm doing so what what will we oh no there's no uh wait oh wait let me just do this can enlarge uh copy main reference yes all right so it should be up there as well right so the last one we had uh, basically went to this uh here we are guys here is the material evidence of uh the lab working forward now it's probably better that i've got a uh, discount coupon let's do this all right so it's quite heavy but um 
what you're what you're looking at here is a the arms of a stereotaxic frame. It's a Kopf's stereotaxic frame, uh, which is the uh, the brand. Um, this allows us to um, because I I want to do I want to get this compound into the brain, and um, it, like I say, it doesn't. It doesn't matter the response of, oh, well, it doesn't really go there in the brain. The question is, is it capable of reacting with the brain and causing um, these runaway um, amyloidosis? And I'm, I'm of the opinion that we'll see something like that. And so we want to be able to hit specific structures in the brain. Um, I'm thinking we do so high metabolic regions, so like the pallidum, or we put it intraventricular and have it sort of diffuse through the brain and spinal cord and see if that sort of hits us. But we need a device like this. This enables us to do um, that type of um, intervention. Um, you can see that the there's the ticket here. And you can see the list price um, here and that that would have been that's not the brand new price this would have been a uh, resale price it says three thousand five hundred dollars um that shows you the type of expenses that we're going to be running up right now um you know we've got to get animals and uh, we'll explain a little bit more when rimo comes on about what the what the plans are just, I don't know if so people can see this. So the, the we, it's missing ear bars. And so the animal's head goes in the middle here and you have like a, a bite bar or uh, yeah, clamp for the nose and teeth. And that sort of holds the head straight. And then you have bars that go into the ears and that holds the head in a... Um, set anatomical plane and then from there we can use cranial markers to hit areas that of interest and um yeah we're just waiting for new bars there's some refurbishment that i need to do on this uh new new bolts to, it's got a vet it's got a base with it and the threads are a little worn so i need to retap some of the threads get new bolts um and the problem is, is that much of the, um, well, the, the, the functional parts of the frame are in um, American or Imperial type metrics, so on inches. So I need some long 3 uh bolts um, and I need to get a pitch uh check for the thread and you know just things like that that need to get this up and running and we like i say we got our hands on it so now we can do those experiments ba -ba! that's a good move forward um and um uh, it's um, so you're gonna put spike or RNA behind the blood-brain barrier. Yes, I'm gonna put the RNA in the lipid nanoparticle. That's that's the idea. And you know, I know it's gonna be inflammatory. The question is, does it cause the um, 
the cascade into amyloidosis. And, you know, I'm, it, it's like any um, toxic chemical, right? There are, there are levels that there are some things that you just don't put into the environment. And if there's a chance that it get past the blood brain barrier and cause these issues, when we know that um, there's a potential for those disease states to, to somewhat be transmissible, right? You can seed um, if you're, well, I say how much exposure and how you do it, but it, it's a theoretical possibility. And you have to think in terms of how leaky people's blood-brain barrier is. We've just had reports that it's coming out in uh, mother's milk, the RNA, um, which means we know it goes all around the body. And the, the issue is, is that it's a, a um, it's a, it's a cascade that could potentially be exponential in it, in its, um, in its effects on neural networks. So this is the, um, part of the test and we'll do intramuscular, intravenous, maybe intracardiac, um, and we'll see. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, uh, very happy with that. And now um, we've got to, like I say, maintenance costs, anything that goes towards donations right now, it's got to cover, um, I've got to help cover costs for Rimo, Simon, um, chuck a few quid to Chris as well for all he's doing. Um, and I've got to keep the computers on and uh, buy shit. Um, like I say, I'm trying avenues for getting, um, you know, someone someone to say, you know, we've we've had a benefactor which has stabilised everything, but I don't I don't want to break that right now. If I can go for the raising of um, running running costs through through this community and the project that we're doing, and like I say, all of it all of it will be transparent. And let let the people see what's going on. Let's not have half wits pushing the corporate line uh, of there's nothing there's nothing to see or worry about, which we're going to see with uh, Bob Brush Wilson. Um, let's see experiments with the living Fauci. Remember to move the vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, those uh, those are pretty grim uh, experiments. But look, I I work in that environment right you I'm, i've been classed as a vivicist um I, I do it because i think there's a um scientific need if i didn't if, if there was no scientific need I, I would um i would argue for the the shutting down of these types of projects like i'm arguing for the shutting down of these um well it covers more than virology, right? But um, we need we need a very very focused eye on the fallout from the nanotechnology, bio nanotechnology convergence, and what's coming down the pathway. Um, uh, it says I keep a full page of my website with a spreadsheet of all my costs and an effort to be transparent. Yeah, that's a good idea. I need I need to start doing that and the the costs. Um, that's, uh, yeah, I, I will, I will try and do that. Well, maybe I can pay someone to do it. I've got thinking to do. I'm, uh, don't bother me with those incidentals. All right. So, uh, let's move on. Um, yeah. So 
go there for support. Let's quickly dive into uh, old uh, old Bob Brush Wilson, who looks like uh, <laughs> not looking too healthy right now. It's looking a bit a bit rough around the edges, but you know he's got a baby and a new baby. That always uh, that's always a shock to the system. Would the mRNA survive the infant's digestion? I think there's a high probability that it would, and it doesn't matter. Every tissue that it comes in contact with, it's got a chance of transfecting and then having it push out these uh, these peptides. And again, because of the amplifying nature of the um, underlying toxicity, um, we no one knows. No one knows. They haven't done. They haven't done. The tests that and the the whole point of working with um, animals and drugs and doing this type of preclinical testing is you understand the envelope of where it is. Not just can we put it in? Do we get an immunogenic response and cross our fingers that nothing happens and then rely rely on the, those private corporations being transparent with respect to the long term effects and. We don't know. We don't know. So right now, um, to get started, we're going to do the acute acute toxicity testing. That's what we're going to do. And I, I'm of the opinion that if you can demonstrate amyloidosis, I know that they've done it in humans already. But again, they'll say, oh, God, it was just an N of 1. N of 1, those clinical reports, oh, they don't mean anything. Yet they'll use them when it um when it suits their needs so let's let's have a look at old uh old bog brush wilson here and his um his rebuttal to what was him getting uh very much tied up by matt uh in a uh a form of intellectual sparring and jujitsu and matt um <laughs> Matt threw him to the mat and choked him out. So let's let's listen to this. Hello, good evening, everyone. Oh, why are you so quiet? Nice to be here for another Q and A. Your sound shit, bog brush. Just want to start off by saying sorry about last week's horrible video and audio quality. <laughs> what about this one's audio quality? Why does that suck so bad? Can people hear that? Some of you may notice I'm in a new space. Because last week I moved, and I didn't have my. Um, and I would suggest when you get a haircut, um, Dan, ask for a number two blade all over. Um, are we still streaming? The uh, comments seem to have gone. Have we lost YouTube comments? Uh, Bob Brush Funky Man didn't know the RNA integrity in jabs was fifty-five to eighty-five percent, and said no way that's true. They wouldn't let that pass. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he's he's very quiet. Proper setup, but I didn't want to postpone the debate I had planned. Let me so try and ramp that up on my laptop, which was not a good choice because nothing was working and it was super distracting. So the audio and video quality are not going to be good there. Sorry about that. I can't I hope really that's fix better. it, but I, I figured it. I'll just leave it up as is because you can still hear most of it, even though the audio cuts out at the end. Um, but anyway, we're here now, and before we get started on today's q and I'm just going to let time have time. Oh, you don't see the video. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. Time to um, Sorry. let the questions fill up. I'll talk about two things before I start answering questions. First of all is just I want to 
do a quick little recap, I guess, of last week's debate. So essentially what happened was this guy, Matthew Crawford, who is a friend of Steve Kirsch. Oh God, a friend of Steve Kirsch. Imagine that. How dare he? And if you know who Steve Kirsch is, you know he's awful. He's awful? Why? Because he holds a different position to you? That he, he looks at that data and comes to different conclusions? This is this is why right, like, these people, right? This is why I take the approach that I do, right? If you're going to throw epithets, then, then we're just getting gloves off and it's internet blood sports, as far as I'm concerned. And there's no way, there's no way to have, I think, the academic dialogue with these people, right? So, and Matt, in his discussion with Bogbrush here, basically just said, you know, he could read what and see how ideologically possessed he is. And said, "Oh, I don't, th I don't think it's worth it." But I would, I would happily, I would happily debate. Him. I'd, I'd even, I'd even keep it civil, right? As we delve into, we delve into the molecular biology and the risk of amyloidosis. We have a huge surge in dementia. As a nature, but I still haven't got it. I had it listed up, ready to go, and. Again, I'm I'm of the opinion that there's probably a combination of virus, gene transfection, and uh, environmental pressures all working together. And I would I would say that if you isolated each one, each one could produce those effects. But it's to, how much do they combine and multiply? Uh, da, 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 da. I'd love to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. If, he he won't though, right? They know they're on a losing ground when it comes to the um, amyloidosis. The molecular biology is there. The um, the computational biology is there. The clinical biology is there. Um, they they can't um, they can't deny it as a phenomenon. And what their go to is is well, what's the infective dose? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in this instant because of its amplifying nature. And yeah, some people might just deal with it and it's, you know, you know it's sort of absorbed into the system and it'll bounce back like, uh, uh, what's his name? Neo jumping off the uh, test building and falling into the concrete and, and he bounces back out. Some people are going to be all right. But again, some people are not. And you don't go around mandating something that potentially it might it might have short term benefits with respect to hospitalization. I think I think that data is up for discussion, but no one knows the long term risks. And what do we see? We see these signals for amyloid type diseases, which are dementia and the neoplasms. Those are the ones that are, are peaking and um are part of the cohort of excess death that we see. Now, they'll try to try and la label it non-COVID. And he's highly dismissive of uh, the, <laughs> the the people that just seem to be collapsing everywhere. Just donk. Oh, it's it's the same rate as usual. You just you're just looking. I'm 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 more skeptical of that. I want more data. And I think that there's a problem. And him playing to the uh, the I say the corporate line, especially when he doesn't tell you that he's got conflicts of interest. He works for a company that makes tests. So um, again, 
you know, I, I get it. It's part of, uh, I, I, I was doing it, trying to, I still do it, try to bust misinformation. But you have to aim at both sides when, when they're stepping out of, you know, the, the constraints of science done properly. He started off the debate saying that COVID PCR tests have a lot of false positives. And in order to begin defending that position, he referenced this old paper. Oh, thank God his sound gets a bit better. He referenced this old paper. Now, um, there's, there's nothing n new here for anyone that pays attention to these issues that you increase the cycle count and of course you'll get false positives and again i in our roundtable discussion i wanted to sort of dive into um the a, li a little bit i tried to steel man his position with matt and just say that if there's a false positive rate then it's in theory it should remain constant um through the if they're using the same test parameters again and again i've i think right that the way that pcr was rolled out very especially prior to vaccination was the way that you would do it in uh, in a environment in which you wanted very very wide open filters but you know you're going to get noisy data Right. So you push the cell counts up and you just say uh, uh, and you take the hit. You're you're exposed, locked down. And it, it gives them a sort of topographical dynamic map where they can say, OK, f six miles from the city centre, we have to go up to the high cycle counts to start seeing uh, a signature. And then they'll watch how that changes. Right. And you would do that in the in a situation where you were concerned about something like a lab origin pathogen, something that was synthetic and something that could be incredibly unpredictable. That's why, that's why I think the PCR settings were so, um, well, they come off as abusive in the way that they're doing. And he, he doesn't question anything about the ethics in any of this. He follows the doctrine of it's, it's for the common good and as such, we'll uh, we'll give it a pass without questioning it. So, um, let's, paper, let's which I was familiar with, it shows that over time, uh, or sorry, it shows that as the CT values get higher, so the, cycle, the CT value is the cycle threshold value. It's the cycle at which a sample tests positive. So a PCR test could run for 40 cycles and a sample might pass the cycle threshold indicating that it's positive at cycle 22. The CT value for that sample is 22. So as the CT values go out and get larger, these researchers found that higher CT values they could not culture live virus from. So what does that mean? That just means... Which I, I would expect as well. You know, there's this, there's this whole argument. Everything that you're doing around this, especially, you know, if you're working on a, a clinical side you know that it's just one test right and normally under most circumstances you get one hit of something and then you would explore it further the problem is is that again we had um mass mass testing in an environment in which the ethics and morals of it seem to have been discussed in private i get i imagine and then just unrolled out on an unsuspecting public, and then you get then you get a lot of heat and friction as people people sort of 
know the weaknesses and then you have people on the other side who are who are sold on the utility of this approach now i'm gonna sit somewhere in in the middle right i i would like it such that people turn up with symptoms you're symptomatic that must be a cut off of um entry to getting this type of test right so you turn up with a runny nose uh sore throat and you don't you, you don't feel so good so you take the test that that it gives me in my mind a more accurate not accurate it, that's a more clinically relevant but from a from a surveillance standpoint i can i can see why government structures and corporate structures did what they did do i agree with it no but i i understand the mechanism of what they were doing and we should be, we should be highly careful of um allowing them to do this again and again and again means that they couldn't culturalize a virus. Does that mean the person is not infected with SARS-CoV-2? No. No, because the COVID PCR test found nucleic acids belonging to SARS-CoV-2 in that person. And when someone takes a sample from a patient and does a PCR test, it's essentially a snapshot of what that person is, what's happening in that person's nasopharynx at that time. So if I had a PCR test done, and let's say I just got infected yesterday, Maybe and actually, you can see sort of um, Matthew's point. If this is uh, what's these orange? Oh, it's positive for um, second positive samples at third week. Um, does it give you? It's just positives here, right? So that in in this instance, we have to we have to take on the axiom that there's this this rate of uh, failure in both directions and you should be taking that into account with your uh, statistics I, I i'm fully on board with that and again um i think we we we're not we're not in kansas anymore <laughs> things have things have changed right you've got you've got to start getting on you you're at war right and they've been trying to hide it from you for as long as possible to get get into position and now now i think um we're going to see much more uh, how would you say uh heated kinetic action the cycle threshold is important yes it is with respect to how um where in the illness that person is and again if you go past that um you know what the accepted threshold is of 22 and you start going into the 30s are you are you infectious and are you a problem are you just carrying the detritus of a an infection that you carried off but in this instance they don't care about that they're trying to make a topographical map and see how the dynamics change as a wave moves through that's precisely what you would do in the, when there's a release of an agent and what the, what they should have done is beef up front with people about that they weren't instead we had this whole runaround and rigmarole about uh, <laughs> zoonosis and and all that was going on and go inside your house and then come out on a tuesday and bang your saucepans for the frontline workers it, it was it was a massive psychological operation you could see it and um highly again highly divisive and um you know there's it's not just science here there's that science has to operate in an ethical and um philosophical boundary and this is pushing right up against accepted behavior and has stepped over it 
I would doggy. There's a little bit of virus in my nasopharynx, and maybe even my nasopharynx is a little dry, maybe the swab didn't pick up much material. Lots of factors can influence what, the, um, what might happen here. But let's say I got infected yesterday and my CT value for my test is 35. Probably not gonna recover any live virus from that, but if I waited two days and tested again, and then there's a lot of virus in my nasopharynx, it could be that I have a CT value of say 25. Oh, Good chance you're gonna recover live virus from there. So the whole point is that this discussion about COVID PCR false positives is muddied by the fact that people don't understand what PCR is supposed to tell you. It's supposed to tell you whether or not you're infected with SARS-CoV-2. It's not supposed to tell you whether or not you're sick. It's not supposed to tell you whether or not you're infectious. It's supposed to tell you whether or not you're infected. And we're not gonna know if you're infected. Oh, his sound is so shitty. We're gonna figure out, we do lots of other tests. Tests that are not feasible to do on a large scale, tests that take a long time, tests that are expensive, and you're just not gonna do that for a lot of people. So that's why the guidance has always been, if you are COVID PCR positive, you should act as if you are infectious and just stay on the same uh, side. Jason says, so he has a hundred caveats for his ideas and zero caveats supporting others' ideas. Yeah, and again, this is him coming from a specific ideological viewpoint, right? And and being inflexible over two and a half years while the data has come in. Now, again, you know, what's what has been the utility of mass mass testing did, how much did it add to was it useful in a epidemic response framework and you could argue probably not because it well no i could i could argue both ways right that you again when you've got that topographical map and you're putting out warnings etc that you know maybe maybe um it has a a use but the problem is that this was done in a paradigm where we know that they had therapies that could have helped the fusion inhibitors is a big one and i'm so glad we got that one into the clyde lewis um radio broadcast fusion inhibitors the uh, he wants to talk about hydroxychloroquine and uh he talks about hydroxychloroquine in a minute but let's let's get to other people and you could be spreading it to other people even if you don't have symptoms that's always what PCR has been about. There has never been an issue with false positives with the test. We've seen that in all of the real-world data, which Matt, Matt didn't want to talk about. He didn't seem willing to address that. So, you know, conversation didn't really go anywhere after that. No, there's, there's caveats on both sides. You you didn't accept that there was, or you didn't understand that there were these um, false positive, false negatives. There's a... a, a hysteresis, I guess, around... <laughs> What is what is a uh, proper diagnosis of of SARS-CoV-2, and was was it amplified excessively by the methods that were being used? Look, Japan didn't have the mass testing, and it, it seemed to maintain a low um, overall infection rate. Um, that changed after vaccination. Um, things started to go up, but they they didn't really have the mass testing. You could go and get a test. I took Rimo for one because we had a lab um, session. Um, she wasn't feeling well, and I forced her to go. She wasn't happy. Um, so she's going to be coming on in a minute. I'll try to just yeah. blast through this. So I asked him if he would be willing to discuss vaccine safety at a later date. He said no. Yeah, I'll happily discuss it with you. I'll happily discuss it with you, and we'll uh, maybe maybe I'll be able to pull out some of these clots from these rodents. I've got a feeling I will. 
And again, um, any drug has to pass an LD50 test. What's the LD50 test for uh, these gene transfection technologies? He won't acknowledge. He won't acknowledge that these are um, gene therapies. He always, always wraps it up in the language of, oh, it's just a vaccine. No, it's not. We had very strict criteria for decades about how to handle animals that you would make this type of change in, especially if you were expressing a, a neurotoxic peptide. Well, and since then, he's practically been ignoring me. So, I don't think... <laughs> uh, he's such a douche. We're going to hear from him again, at least not on my channel. So, next time... So, so you got tied up and... Um, and you will never want to go into the real fundamental biology. You'll try and um, defer to, oh, we've done billions of shots and no problem. Well, I'm not so sure. Um, mass excess death needs to be investigated and there's no way, there's no way you can disassociate the gene transfection from what we're seeing in the uh, all-cause mortality data especially when we know that it's um, dementia, neoplasm, and uh, cardiac effects. And it's happening in a cohort that it shouldn't, young people. Next time I do a debate, I'll make sure to use this normal setup and never use my laptop again because... Uh, well, your normal setup sucks. Yeah, that was really frustrating to deal with a bad setup. And I know it was for anyone watching too. The audio was bad. My video was cutting out. My mic, my mic cut out. So next time will be better. Oh, I want to say I can jump this up to uh, 200. Let me just um, that deserves a GD Bakshi. All right. uh, let's do this. Uh, you had enough. Let's uh, we need to bring Bakshi up. Let's do that, and I'll do that again. You've had enough? So we've raised uh, a tenth of, um, is that right? Yeah, a tenth of, no, wait, I can't think. hundred divided by a, a fifth, fifth of the way there. Come on, more. Jay Thomas says, I guess it's a coincidence when 35 Canadian doctors die after boosters. Yeah, like I say, all these things need proper investigation. What these will do will always fall back to, oh, that's anecdotal. That's why the rodent and the monkey experiments are so important. And the thing is, the monkey is valuable. I told you the price. I went and, I went and did the work to go on, and they'll agreed. They'll, they'll do it. Two million bucks. And that's friend prices. And half of that, half of that is what the institute will suck out, just automatically. Thank you. But rodents, we can do that, and that that helps us define what we're going to do in a monkey. I don't want to jack a monkey. I've got enough monkey souls on my back that I don't want to just bust in and um. And look, I've looked at that monkey. He looks nice, nice little domesticated uh, animal. This new thing that everyone's talking about. Paper that found paper published in JAMA Pediatrics found trace amounts of COVID mRNA vaccine, uh, COVID mRNA vaccine, in uh, which 
was a conspiracy theory a year ago that um, now it should, you know, they had a cartoon-like mechanism that it was going to go in and uh, infect your cells and then the immune system come along and it would go into the lymph and go to the liver. Whereas we know that this, these products go all around the body and bioaccumulate. Uh, in breast milk. So <laughs> people are freaking out about this. You can already see the comment section in this Twitter thread is just a dumpster fire. It's awful. So what, what does this mean? Well, the researchers did RT-PCR, so basically COVID PCR test on uh, RNA extracted from human breast milk. So, so uh, potentially transfective RNA. So it can go in and begin expressing the spike protein in a manner, in a, in a route that's not supposed to be or is non-tested in this instance. So he, he just, he's just going to do everything to try and minimize this, uh, this finding. Whereas, no, this, this starts to fill in, fill in the actual science of, well, what do we see and how much is it outside our uh, predicted mechanisms? And RNA passing to uh, a baby, this isn't spike protein, they're talking about RNA here. So the levels of spike protein maybe could be higher. Uh, is it just RNA? I haven't even looked at this paper yet. So I suddenly, it's, I know it's circulating. PCR works in this case for anti-vaxxers and they... Let's just see. Uh, this cohort included 11 healthy lactating individuals who received Moderna or the Pfizer uh, within six months after delivery. Participants was asked to collect and immediately freeze uh, whatever that is, breast milk, external breast milk. At home until transported to the laboratory, samples of milk were collected before vaccination control and for five days post-vaccination, a total of 31 samples were collected one to five days after vaccine administration. Extracellular vesicles were isolated in EB exosomes uh, using sequential centrifugation and the EV concentrations were determined by ZetaFU analytic E-methods. The presence of COVID-19 vaccine mRNA in different milk fractions, whole EBM fat cells and supernatants was assayed using two-step quantitative reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction. Um, let's see. Of 11 lactated individuals enrolled, trace amounts of the, the vaccines were detected in seven samples from five different participants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the vaccine MRA appears in higher concentration in the v EVs than in the whole milk, which means that they can float around and transfect um, any other cells. Uh, no vaccine mRNA was detected in pre-vaccination or post-vaccination EBM samples beyond 48 hours of collection. Also, no COVID-19 mRNA was detected in the fat fraction of the EBM cell pellets. But no discussion of the of expressed spike protein. They are very upset about it. So, of the subset of, of this very small... Yeah, because people, people were told it wasn't going to happen. People were told it wasn't going to happen, and basically you're secreting a pro-drug number of patients they tested, only 11 uh, people were enrolled in the trial or in, in this uh, in this experiment. They detected uh, mRNA COVID mRNA vaccine, mRNA from a COVID mRNA vaccine in seven samples from, from five different patients, with different participants. So five out of the 11 women were who, who were lactating uh, had positive uh, samples for mRNA. People are upset because they thought that this wasn't supposed to happen, uh, that like this person, says that this wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, how many people were deplatformed for 
suggesting this in the past. Well, in the past. Yeah. How many people would deplatform for saying that these products are <laughs> highly labile? Highly labile, and we don't know the consequences. And you've just looked at a tiny fraction, 11 individuals, and a good proportion of them, whatever it was, 7 of 11, <laughs> were excreting detectable mRNA. Now, again, how functional that mRNA is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they know. What they do say is, is it's wrapped up in uh, in the the quotient that's uh, associated with extracellular vesicles, which which to me means that it's potentially got that active that active potential. In the past, people had tested for mRNA, uh, COVID vaccine mRNA in breast milk and hadn't found any. So oh, ah. yeah. I wonder. I wonder about the validity of those studies, bog brush. Yeah, how much? How much have you? How much have you taken your confirmation biases and hid behind papers when uh, you you don't have a clue what's going on? And you know what we see is a completion of a prediction that you would expect from studies done on uh, rodents, primates. We know we know it spreads everywhere. And in in those instances, none of them none of them were. Well, I guess with the flu ones in animals, you could argue that they were expressing toxic peptides. But were they were they as bad as the I would argue synthetic protein of SARS-CoV-2? That's why people were saying it's not in breast milk because it wasn't found in this particular test. They're not doing anything nefarious. They're not doing anything fraudulent, at least at face value. Uh, they're not doing anything wrong. They managed to find trace amounts. But what's important here is what they mean by trace amounts. So. If we go to, uh, yeah, here it is. If we go to the amount, the concentration amounts that they actually found, we're talking about picogram per mil amounts. Um, biologically active amounts. Sorry, that's what that is. Biologically active amounts. I can pull up if I start digging in my papers if I was going to do a pop, proper rebuttal of this. Um, when you look at the um, expressed spike protein, versus following infection versus transfection, they're actually in that region, a little bit higher, 50 to 100 picograms per microliter. But those are biologically active samples. And the fact that we see adverse events, you can't deny that there are adverse events. So it's a problem. You can't just dismiss it. We had far stricter legislation in place that just said, stop. If you hit a threshold, you stop. And you you reassess, but no, they're they're barreling ahead. It's more important that they 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 get this therapy off the ground or this type of approach off the ground and normalize it in the in the minds of the population who don't have hours and hours a day to work through this data. And and again, his dismissal is um, it's a facile um, excuse. Those are biologically active levels, and in and again, what biologically active and have a potential to cause amplifying cascades of disease mechanisms that we barely understand. I did the paper the other day where we were looking at, they were exposing spinal fluid to inactivated protein or, or whole virus of SARS-CoV-2 and herpes. And what were they seeing? They were seeing huge proteonomic changes 
amyloid spreading like like those fungal mycelium you see in uh what's what's that called where they take a picture every sort of minute and it, it and it sort of looks like it's moving really fast uh the man was shot but it was only trace amounts of bullets found in him <laughs> at most 16 that's about one three millionth of what you would find in a typical Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> Look. Look. In these things, right, they're drawing out like 0.3 cc of active compound. That's a huge amount. That's way, way beyond what you would... Um, initially be exposed to with uh natural infection routes and we don't we don't know the consequences this little one here in the bottom left hand corner it's full of copper nanoparticles what are they doing in there <laughs> this is this is there's no way any any drug rollout should be um allowed to proceed the way that we're proceeding at the moment it's no way no how it's not how i was trained and lit literally we would stop whole procedures if there was one stroke stop reassess what happened can we do it again retest in other model systems and you, you would have to you would have to again you know because of the the techniques I was working with and the, the, the numbers that you were using, they literally would be case studies of five to ten patients. Because it's it's such a serious intervention. Popping open a bit of the skull, sticking hardware in there and hoping it, it, it helps someone. And it, if yeah, something goes wrong, and it does go wrong. Infection in the leads, nothing to do with what's going on in the brain. It still kill you. And like I say, things like that are enough to stop. That's really, really tiny. And this was only found for a limited amount of time after uh, after the vaccine was given. Very <laughs> and in the context of we know, we know it sits in lymph nodes for 60 days. And that, that this, is, this is in tissue that's highly excretory. So it is going to move out. Um, vaccine, I guess the the lipids that come in and and transfect the breast tissue. But again, we don't know the long term consequences. <laughs> this is this is bizarre thinking. And again, you know, I'll put this in the context of his conflicts of interest. He works in industry. Short amount of time, so this isn't a permanent thing, because these vaccines are not permanent. Well, uh, except when you look at the lymph nodes and there you find active mRNA and spike protein that shouldn't be there after 60 days. Let's have a look what happens when we do it uh, intramuscularly and then, then go and look for it in the brain. Let's see what happens then. Hmm? And it's trace amounts. So what's happening here is the vaccine gets injected into the arm and some of it's going to seep into the blood, but most of it's going to stay either in the injection site it's, or go to the liver to be degraded or picked up by antigen presenting cells taken to lymph nodes and processed by the immune and going going to ovaries going to the brain going to the heart 
doing all sorts of all sorts of off off target processes that we're seeing the signal in the data that again I, I'm just repeating myself any any other drug would have been stopped but there's a bigger agenda at play here right that this idea that they can get gene transfection in and um, it's a it's a safe procedure to do it's only a few few eggs broken to make the omelette immune system to create an immune response and immune memory so the amount that seeps into the blood and possibly the amount that is carried to the lymph nodes which are in the armpits which is close to breast no no dipshit the lymph nodes cover everywhere all over the body and <laughs> you, you just looked at one you have to take them all out and again um where are the experiments doing this what we're, we're going into the next phase off the back of eight rats eight rats i'm about to do that <laughs> tissue could be getting trace amounts again picogram per mil amounts into breast milk now again i just just to drive home how, how tiny this amount is no it doesn't matter it's still biologically active and can trigger cascades <laughs> his, his clinical experience is literally zero. Picogram per mil is 10 to the negative 12. 10 to the negative 12. You, you know what it sounds like? What's his face? Yuri. Yuri Dagin. Oh, yeah, we can handle those amounts. That's nothing. No, that's, a, that's biologically active concentrations. And especially when you've got toxic epitopes. That's simple. 12 units is what picograms is. It's so, so tiny. I mean, just this amount would not be biologically active if you injected it into a person. No, that's not true. That's not true. And the thing is, what you're seeing, you okay, you could take that small amount from the breast milk and then you could dilute it again by injecting into the person. But what, what he's not telling you is, is that there's a spread. And again, a bioaccumulation that we know ovaries, adrenal glands, brain, heart. You're just getting a, a, a picture. We know that the free-floating spike in post-vaccination matches that achieved with um, natural, natural infection. Uh, maybe I can maybe I can pull that paper up when I'm good. I know uh, Rimo is um, waiting to come in, and I, I'd, I'd rather, you know what I, I can bust this. <laughs> retard down uh any any time um i do want to use Rimo's time and i want to i want to discuss the wh what we're doing in the lab and how we're moving forward and I, I, this is this is the important part of what of what we're doing right it's all right just um you know the internet blood sports but um i, I can save this for another time when i when i don't have uh, people waiting on a line so uh let's see how to do this should i should we use zoom let's use zoom i think it has better uh new meeting and let's do this that out uh, I'll read um, 
some of the chat whilst we're waiting here. Um, let's see. So he has a hundred caveats. Yeah, I did that one, but fragments are not infected. What well, uh, fuck with? Yeah, <laughs> and ninety-five plus percent we test now have symptoms. In the past, it's also been many contact persons. Yeah, if you decided to go outside and start banging pots and pans without the government pushing it, you'd be locked up. Right? <laughs> uh, let's see, Doctor Fleming, I believe, to run it no greater than twenty, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, let's admit Rimo. Hi. Hi, Rima. How are you? Good, thank you. Hi, Hi Rima. How are you? Uh, you need to put headphones in. Have you got headphones in? Uh, you headphones. Yeah, I got headphones in. Can you hear me? Uh, I can, but we've got an echo from somewhere. I'm trying to understand where it's coming from. Okay. Let me do this. All right. Is that better? Yeah, it's, it's stopped now. Okay. So, um, I was just, I, I presume you were watching, right? Uh, towards like, uh, you're going over the study of the milk. Yes. The milk? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that, that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was laughing <laughs> when you said, it. well, they did it was, on, uh, they, they did a study only eight mice and now I'll try mm. to like, release that. Or... Yeah. That's um, it's, it's a complete collapse of. Uh, the scientific method, uh, yeah. the frameworks that we had in place, it's uh, its disgusting. And um, we should fight, we should fight against it. Uh, so um, why, why don't you let us know what I've had you, what I've been making you do? Yeah. Get, oh get to work, god. Remo. Oh my god. Well, I, I am learning new uh, Japanese law <laughs> or regulation. Mm. <laughs> thanks to you. Mm. But I think I'm probably not interested in <laughs> Well, but, um... Yeah, so for for you to start, um, first of all, like to import, like to receive whatever medication or laboratory related uh ingredients so we have to fill out so much forms mm. and then <laughs> that took like a two days <laughs> yes two and, uh, days and this is so in that was more uh vaccine it will be inactive right, right. but we can still so do next one is um now we are looking into like uh well, first of all, you have to make a laboratory in your house and then starting from rodents, if it goes well, then maybe possibly the monkeys. But I got the like um, interesting contacts who is a medical doctor in, here in Tokyo. And he's a very unique person. First of all, he's like anti-vax. Even though entire his hospital is like <laughs> against them, and he has an interesting hobby of keeping animals in his hospital, so it was good things that it, we, you know, like I put you and him together, and hopefully we can get the correlation. And the I, under, I, I hope so. And uh, yeah. people, people should. I, I really want to sort of hammer home this point that when I said 
like the the price for doing the primate study Most of it, more more than half yeah was just instantly taken by the institution yeah. Yeah. right so yeah. and and then you've got to pay for the primates you've got to pay for the uh, the upkeep etc and um and by making this collaboration we're able mm -hmm. to circumvent all of these problems so we need to give a big thank you to Rimo for um going <laughs> out going out spending the time it's, that's effort right to go out and um talk to these yeah. people and to get and to get professional yeah. um professionals who are willing to help yeah no yeah. it's it's so rare that it like there are only few doctors vocal about there are many people many doctors here also like secretly against it mm. but they're not really vocal about it mm. and here is one of the rare like doctors who's currently working and like go against um you know he's vocal about it uh on the tv and so on and so forth because he has his own hospital mm. uh, if even if it's uh his own hospital you know, like everything has to be decided in like a demo democratic way. Yeah, it's still and, a, it's still a corporation of yeah, such, yeah. but he 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 has the uh, final say. Yeah, um, so he was and, happened to be doing some lecture, and I was interested in like some, you know, doctors like currently working, mm -hmm. not retired doctors, like. To, you know, voice out his opinion about against vaccines. I uh, went his Act, you know, actively dealing with serious adverse events. Yeah, so I went to his lecture, and then he was showing this like um, uh, clotted arms of his like girlfriend after vaccines, and he mm -hmm. he took it out his you know arm, and the other one was legs or something, mm -hmm. and yeah, so. I mean, I've shown it before. I don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bring, bring it up. On <laughs> let, let's try and keep this um, yeah. stream up. Yeah, but the sure. um, so maybe he he can corroborate with us, provide the cold chain intact, mm -hmm. uh, the like magic portion, and <laughs> uh, under the name of like he just you know make sure that there is no contamination or not and we can in a way make a correlation as like um you know we do like uh you know like um quality control um which we've uh, done we've done i mean it, yeah, that copper like, that we found in that yeah yeah, yeah 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 no no i want i i, I suggest him because i don't want him to be in any trouble mm. so but if he's being you know responsible doctor um try to like find out if he his stock of that you know the medical portion <laughs> medical countermeasure is, uh, <laughs> is what i'm starting to call it right. medical MCM. MCM. <laughs> mm. so like you know legally we can like uh, Let's say he, he just wants to make sure there is no contamination and we will receive that like in official way to do check things contents. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then 
which that's... which people have seen us doing right we have yeah, access yeah, yeah, yeah. to all this right but um, it was super important because you know all, what we were getting from america which was good to see the contamination but since we want to know about the you know like a cold chain intact bio um he is willing to <clears throat> you know correlate with us so that was a good deal. <laughs> yeah, like I say, um, mm-hmm. a, a gift, a gift from the heavens, um, yeah, to, um, for us and everyone that's watching. So, yeah, you know, the like I say, the let me just see the public lab to see if there's any more people chipping in. Oh, so somebody was writing something. Yeah, so uh, we can have another GD Bakshi. Uh, we're crawling up that. Um, scale very very quickly so uh your um your efforts with all the legal stuff remote not gonna not gonna go unremunerated <laughs> <laughs> it's a pain but yeah we'll do <laughs> oh, it is painful right just yeah. the, the hours we spent on that uh last mm-hmm. lot it's not fun like going to the lab right no <laughs> it sucks <laughs> it well, sucks Somebody who's who wrote the Japanese yeah, 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 that means like somebody who's you know stands out mm. as a male and like people want to push it down. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, mm. that's uh, how people perceive Japan, mm. right? It's yeah. a high, high conformity mm. uh, society. It's useful sometimes, but yeah, currently yeah. it's it's, um, it's not working well. The, like because I, I i'm talking to people and you know like you know that things that injection is quite dangerous um there's no benefit like you know it's so, so you've, you've had covid twice now right yeah and, and, and your friends as well i don't think my friends got only bfi but they one was I had other friend who had a Delta, mm. and then BA one. So okay, another one getting multiple infections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So BA one, I actively went to get it. Uh, <laughs> asking my friend who suddenly had it, like PCR confirmed, and because I really wanted to get over it. And so I went to get like a nasal swab and like a mask. So the amount of it getting was quite a good enough amount. And at that point, I was not taking ivermectin in like five days. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking all the supplements and I think I fully get it. And then that lasted it, like a headache and fever lasted it three days, but that's like 37.5 marks. Mm-hmm. The second one be five, two days was really bad. And then third day, you start already moving around. Um, yeah, like the fourth, fifth day, I already start working. So. And your your friends didn't do so well, right? Yeah. So one vaccinated, um, and I mentioned them to take ivermectin, but this time because of the the speed we were getting was so quick. So I assume like. Oh, the last time was took like two and a half day to get it, like I start feeling the symptoms. Mm. This one I got in Monday morning, 
And then I already felt in Tuesday morning. So um, I was like, well, this is rapid, like, um, um, Onset. like, yeah, meaning they multiply very quickly. Okay. So I thought it would be better to take a 36 milligram. So Rimo's, Rimo is a, uh, how should we say, ivermectin devotee? Um, devotee. Ah, but I, no, no, I, I, you know, I take vitamin Ds and tons of vitamins. So, um, like, I, it's like a crackhead with, uh, crackhead with, with like with, a, with a pill popping, I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I just don't spend money on cosmetic creams. I just take it in a pill form. Mm. I will take care of all of my skin. Yeah. Rather than like and, put like expensive cream on the face. Yeah. It's working. It's, uh, <laughs> it, they make for pleasant photos of us working in the lab. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate so the as a consequence of our mm. budding collaboration um, yeah. with the like I say, the, the gift gift from God, I would put it right, just to yeah. um, really, I, I don't know how else to encapsulate it and how important and how lucky we are to get support it. Yeah, support like that. So, and then, you know, like many angels, um, like your doc, like a friend's doctors in America sending you samples, mm, and mm. taking risk, and like people here. I, I'm so amazed, like, that it, your fans are supporting you like this, mm. or fans, or like a community, I would say. Like, uh, I can yeah, see cool. that it's uh, corroborate uh, the work. Um, we're, we're effective community and, un uh, and unit and you know we've been able to tackle the worst um well it, it is i don't want to say that. just the the no virus people and the graphene people um yeah. you know it we've done a lot to sort of shut down their operational space and yeah. i don't know did i did i show you this german study uh the uh, like uh uh, people who didn't put the names on, yeah, but yeah, yeah, showed yeah. that no, I, I, I but, the, but they found exactly they found exactly the same as us. Yes, yes, right. like aluminium and like, mm. and we thought like a silica was like a mistake from like a glass, mm. but I apparently they found the silica as well. So mm. yeah, I mean it could it could still be that. So I actually had a discussion with mm -hmm. the guy who who did a lot of the experiments last week. Uh, yeah, what do you mean? From Germany? Yes, yes. We had a meeting and I spoke with them. And he's what? an expert, right? His career <gasps> was, was geared towards identifying carbon nanotubes and working with carbon. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. So this is different because they were unnamed scientists. Oh, yeah. It's, it, this this is the people who did it. So I was, I was speaking with them last week. So anonymously? Like... No, I know who they are. You know who they are. Yes. But you're speaking with, not online. No, uh, online. I, had, not, I didn't do a live stream of it. Oh, okay, okay, just, okay. just a private discussion. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Mm. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's again, if, it, if you get confirmation of your data from another lab yep. who's basically done the same 
approaches we did slightly modifications in how they prep their samples and they mm -hmm. actually went that bit further and they did what we wanted to do which was the yeah. mass spectrometry yeah the expensive like mm. the machine right with the video recording yeah so, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. so Mm -hmm. I mean, we can we can do it. The, the question now is, is it really worth putting the the effort into doing that? Right. So it yeah. means booking the lab time, going down, paying for it, take it. You know, it's it's not a small thing to yeah. get a replication of uh, of a result that we think is um, not only spurious but being used for well, I, I, I don't know, psychological operations again, destabilized perception to keep mm -hmm. people um, off balance all the time. And, yeah. you, you know, there was this movie that came out, documentary, mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. couple of weeks ago, about two hours long. And mm -hmm. it, did, it did a really fantastic job oh. of, of describing the events over the last two years. You know, the totalitarian mm -hmm. tiptoe of uh, our governments and all of that was brilliant. But then oh. the last half an hour, is mm -hmm. devoted to them saying it's graphene oxide. There's graphene oxide in, in these um, shots and it's making mm -hmm. you shoot out Wi-Fi signals mm -hmm. that they can detect. And, you know, mm -hmm. we'll check for Wi-Fi when we put it in the rodent, but I don't, I don't think we're seeing that. I don't think we'll see that. If we do, I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll report it. But yeah, um, and if we do, like we can be united with those people. But mm -hmm. since we don't, mm -hmm. what can we do? Yeah, you know? I, I, have to, I have to call them out and say, look, they're misinterpreting the data, and they seem to be doing it deliberately because I guess because they get um, monetary fund. Yeah, well, there is money. So that Rainer Fulmich mm -hmm. in the last um, week or so has been mm -hmm. accused of embezzling, I guess, um, over 600,000 euros. Mm. And maybe more, maybe double that. Mm. And so... But, you know, like, uh, I'm a bit afraid of, like, yes, it's good that you're calling it out, but I, I don't want to make it a divisive. It's in a group. Well, but, I mean, there's some, there's some things that you have to call out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in, in money embezzlement is one of them and mm -hmm. the, money embezzlement is sorry uh, it, it's taking what he did is he took the money and put mm -hmm. it into his house and spent it on um upgrading oh his house. yes yeah <laughs> is that is that related to bml <laughs> to bml, BLM? Oh, BLM? black lives matter yeah they they they, they, they similar <laughs> sort of thing they're just taking right. money and, oh. and yeah it's oh. gross oh, it's God. gross Whereas we trying to run, you know, actual experiments where people yeah. can see what were people yeah. paying for with that? Um, <sighs> what we did, what we're doing, and listening mm -hmm. to listening to people on mm. Rumble, mm. and somehow they earn over a million euros doing it. Some mm -hmm. something's not right. Yeah. In, in this equation, I I feel like uh, I don't know. Could it be some some pharmaceutical who wanted to divide uh... yeah all, all of that is in play right because they would do that mm -hmm. right to muddy yeah. the waters yeah, yeah. yeah of course you would. i would do it if i had those types of resources yeah. make, make sure the internet is unbalanced and we can operate by you know relying on people like bob brush wilson to stand there and give us the uh, the corporate line mm -hmm. 
Because and, even like in Japanese social media, like Facebook, usually heavily like a shadow ban, the guy who's like talking about, oh, IBM is not working, but it's actually next to a trap. Uh, oh, look at this, it's made by big, big pharma originally, Mark. So, oh, this is a trap for like people who didn't take um, injections, and then they take this, and they will die. Like, is it? Yeah, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. But yeah, uh, it's not a case. But they like within the anti-vax people, there are so many unscientific people, and by they saying that, and they were like selling, you know, um, like uh, oh, I do like a natural herb lecture why don't you come come to me and like mm. so they're making money in like mm. different things um i don't uh, know somehow those people are picked up in the algorithm and somehow even their anti-vax group they are promoted and they were shared and it just yeah it's it's very ah, it's very frustrating it is. and you know that's that's why i you know <laughs> Just, I just feel like we're so right. Well, we're making progress. We're getting traction, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. I think that these experiments. I'm hoping that the paperwork. You know, in mm -hmm. Japan, once you've got the paperwork done, mm -hmm. it's usually pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it, it, it's just spending that time making sure all the yeah. all your kanji is uh, perfect, right? And then perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> And of course, that's a, remember everyone. This is my job. Yeah, <laughs> he said a we. He said we, but he just is like a. <laughs> well, I, I I sit I sit there and uh, lend more support. Keep. Uh... <laughs> but look, look, I I pay you to do that, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not investing in my house. <laughs> no, you're not. I hope you do invest your house. I mean, it, it would so that be, your children have space. <laughs> it, it would be nice, but uh, I've got a, I've got a obligation mm. to do the experiments that I said yeah, I would yeah. do. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm really try I'm really doing it on a shoestring right, right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your daughter, <laughs> when you were out and we were talking, mm. your daughter said, "Oh, we like I don't hear anything, Daddy talking." But all of a sudden he <laughs> and start laughing. I wake up middle of the night. Yeah. So at least uh, I think you're allowed to use that for like soundproofing your room. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it. It would be nice to have all those. Uh, <laughs> what do they call it? Echoonic. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. But let's let's um, so we can talk about yeah solutions. Right, yeah. and um, so what I will do is I will we'll, we'll, we'll walk through mm. the paper and mm. that I wanted to look at. So um, the, what he's going to look into is so one another thing's great, great that it, we we discuss with this Japanese doctor, medical doctor here uh, that he actually has own house. Um, the stem cell uh, growth factor, which is known to um, heal a brain, like a neurons. I mean, heal any cell, the major cell, but it, it, it 
I I personally know there's like um uh, there's like um growth factor of stem cell because in America when I was working in the neurologist uh, doctor's office, neuropsychiatric doctor's office, uh we were sending the patient to Panama to get the, so those patients are um childhood vaccine injured children who has like a very serious um uh neurological damage and there is like stem cell therapy center in panama we are sending to them and many people get a lot benefit some of them start speaking along the line i was you know like researching what stem cell therapy can do and i've seen patient with like a uh, um, hemiparalysis patient or you know so, somebody quadriplegic they in the wheelchair start walking and like a couple more you know like a couple of years later they were standing doing sports so I know that a stem cell therapy I mean stem cell releasing the growth factor or cytokine that heals like uh, impossible things so we thought that not possible. So in a way, we were interested in those, like who, like are we going to see a lot of people with like um, brain damage or you know neuro damage from this injection? And before, like neurologist is like um, diagnosis and adios. Like you can diagnose what's wrong with them with like all those imaging testing, mm. but. There were, yeah, were very, very little to do with respect right. to intervention and right. um you know this is this is how you go down the pathway of these brain machine interfaces right right so it's so it's so difficult to to like recover right yeah. so i was hoping that you know like some kind of stem therapy would be available but i know that in japan it's still expensive well, everywhere in japan is expensive um, but this doctor has like a different type of um, stem cell growth factor therapy that is. Um, so I'll um, just I'll just show yeah. people the, okay. the, the example. That's of it, right? their so, reasonable price. So we are hoping that. It, so this is how how we're using at the moment. It can go mm -hmm. IV. Um, right. many many different routes and the therapeutic window is very wide um it's not dangerous yeah you do uh, like i say both of us mm -hmm. have been taking this for well we're into second month now yeah right? yeah, yeah month and a half yeah so we started oh uh yeah 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 september 3rd mm. and for sure there's a there's a, an effect there is a physiological effect and you know what remote that's getting a little warm i'm just gonna run run down so, so, you can, so can, you, can, you, can you read that paper out just the, the title <laughs> okay. and the abstract right. and then so, i'll be back in a sec so you guys are reading something <laughs> that's not english of course um secret secreted ectodomain of Lactic acid binding. I see, like lactin nine and monocyte the chemoattractant protein. Oh my god! One promoted recovery after red spinal cord injury by 
authoring macrophagicularity. Mm, I think a much easier way to say secreted in external domain of acidic blah 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 is so actually if you like if you go to like um go to the one i mentioned at panama stem cell center those are like um stem cell the actual cell coming out from the embryo cord of like healthy childbirth uh in america or many other country has like a ethical problem of using actual cell and then also, even though stem cell are known to not to have any like uh, rejection um, by taking them, but there is a potential that it can be because a stem cell could be any cell. It can be like you know turned into cancer. The possibility, not really. Um, so what happened was when you take out the stem cell. Um, this was actually found out in like um, accidentally. So one one day, the stem cell therapy researcher thought that they took out the stem cell, um, but ended up took out the only the surface of um, the liquid that stem cell was um, uh, living in. So this liquid has full of growth factor. So that means that's the first word of a secreted in ectodomain. So stem cell make a lot of a cytokine. One of them would be um, growth factor. So, so they just took out the growth factor or cytokine only, and then put into damage the cell. And they got almost exactly the same effects as implanting the stem cell. So now, stem cell is out of picture. The potential danger of stem cell becoming the cancer cell or whatever is not existing in just giving the secreted um, liquid to the damaged cell. So what he was showing you was the secreted um, ectodomain um, basically the stem cell secretion which is full of cytokine and growth factors and that gives like exactly same effect as stem cell therapy mm -hmm. the only one difference is if you plant the stem cell into or injected a stem cell into itself that stem cell will live inside of you and release, keep releasing it after like, I think three months. Yeah, you, you know what, I've worked with stem cells like that and okay. I'm, I'm very um, so this one skeptical is... because it makes tumors. That's been my Right, right, experience. so that, that was, I, I was explaining to them. Mm. So by using only secretion of the stem cell, because we're not planting the um, stem cell itself, which can be any cells, we are avoiding that risk, but just getting the juice of it, right? Mm. In an easy way to say the it. Juice. <laughs> juice <of> it. <laughs> uh, so, perfect. Um, 
therefore not like a stem cell therapy you have to do daily dosage or more often mm. dosage mm. because that secretion you put in it's not gonna grow like a stem cell does um but i, I have to say i was uh I, I made a mistake when i was reading i read this out last week i was tired and um mm. i was talking i was conflating microglia and macrophages here as oh. I'm, I'm just reading through the um the abstract but um in the oh by the way i haven't read it i know you sent me oh, okay so uh <laughs> well let's let, let let me read it and then we'll we'll, we'll jump to the figures yeah, and yeah. you know that the important thing is here that we're looking at the central nervous system where i think the a lot of adverse events are going to take place yes. right? and I think that we know that there's no um, it's not protective M medical countermeasures currently are not protective against long long COVID yeah. and that's um, that's the big risk oh, I think I can hear myself anyway let's let's jump into this secreted ecto domain of sialic acid binding ig like lectin 9 and monocyte chemo attracting protein 1 yeah can right. you can you make it into like a normal english please um, <laughs> for the audience well I, i'll try to do that after i after i've read it i'll try to disambiguate <laughs> it uh, somewhat so um you know I, i'll be straight up these uh, the cytokines it's mentioning and the uh, the sialic acid uh, rafts and binding. I'm vaguely aware <laughs> of these um, these pathways, right? There's there's okay. literally an infinite uh -huh. number, uh, not infinite, but um, it's a very very complex domain of biochemistry, mm -hmm. and people will spend a whole career on just like one. Mm -hmm. one, one cytokine and it's associated um well other, <laughs> other cytokines and signaling molecules and um the what, what this is so they're going to use a spinal cord injury model right so this, right. that that's why we need uh things like stereotaxic frames yeah 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 um that allows us to uh you know with some precision if we wanted to do this type of testing I don't that we're not aiming for this type of damage we want to see if there's um, a uh, amyloidogenic response mm -hmm. okay yeah. great. So speaking in like normal English basically this one is simply saying we the researchers damaged like control damaged spinal cord of the rodents is it yes rats yeah rodents uh, rats and then then adding this um secretion of a stem cell see if it helped or not and the answer was it helped yes okay yes. so that was sim simplest language people i hope people understood yeah so <laughs> um let's let's catch the uh, mm -hmm. the last two sentences yep. so the inhibition of m2 induction so i'm guessing m2 is uh macrophages so different mm -hmm. types of macrophages i'm guessing let me, yeah, okay. M M2 like <laughs> so the inhibition of M2 macrophages through the MCP1 and ED SIGLEC9, like I say, these markers, okay, these are spinal cord markers that these, uh, I, I know people that work on monkey models of this. Um, do I do I know exactly what they do? No. But uh -uh. in this in this instance, what they're saying is um, it's, it 
prevented apoptosis. So when you injure a part of the body, that's part of the you, you know the mechanism through which injury is expressed. Cells die, and in this in this instance, it seems to be suppressing that. Now, if I was being hypercritical, I would be saying, well, maybe maybe they there might be long term consequences to keeping around cells that were uh, potentially damaged and the body was trying to get rid of. Yeah. But um, it's a trade off between maintaining function. Mm -hmm. And the um, the yeah the balance of risk for a, a, an exposure to the um, to the uh, the growth factors and you know look I'm taking a risk doing it um, ah, such a little risk well yeah, um, there's a there's an well we're we're relying on um, their ex their clinical experience and this that is, is true. This is um, another unique factor about uh, the situation that we're in, that th they're so independent, right? Yeah. It's such a, it's not interested in the corporate game. No. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the cytokines that are here, mm -hmm. you can't patent the cytokines. No. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe there's ways you could patent the process of extraction. No, no. Okay, okay. You, you're skipping too too far. So let's go back to uh, the reviewing a study. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, let's see. So macrophages are activated by MCMR. I did that uh, and suppressed yeah. apoptosis of primary cerebellar granule neurons against the neurotoxic effects of chondritin sulfate proteoglycans. Our data suggests that the unique combination of MCP1 ED siglec 9 repairs the spinal cord injury through anti-inflammatory M2-like macrophage induction. And remember, a lot of chronic disease is all about sustained inflammation that's difficult to tamp down. And in this instance, um, something that targets neural inflammation. Okay, okay, okay. I, I think, first of all, you have to... Uh, what, what are you reading the... Uh, just the last two sentences of oh, the... Oh, that's it, okay. Yeah. I think it's we just should read, like, um, the abstract, then and start explaining to be better. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm doing. So the... Okay. So remember that um, for amyloidosis to occur, you have to... It, it occurs in the fire of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. if you can tamp that down, yeah. then maybe maybe you can have some some impact on the adverse events that we're interested in. If it can yeah. if it can have functional recovery with yeah. spinal cord injury, um, something that's more diffuse yeah. and difficult to uh, you know how difficult these sort of ME CFS type conditions can be, right? Because the mm -hmm. um, they but they can present very differently across people, but it's that it's still central inflammation, and mm. there's a phenomenon called um, central sensitization, where mm -hmm. you're you're overstimulating the nervous system such that normal mm. stimuli become uh, noxious mm -hmm. in, in the exp in your in your subjective experience. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll. I just want to check their methods for how they did the um, the injury. So but meanwhile, I explained to people. So this, um, by the way, this um, 
stem cell is not from an umbilical cord. It's from the, it says a human, deciduous dental plum. What it, it is, is that like a children's baby teeth, at the bottom of the baby teeth has a plum, which you can extract the stem cell from. So this is actually from teeth. baby teeth. Teeth, like bottom yeah. of baby teeth that it's going to be throw away anyway kind of mm. thing so it's it's ethically sound that's correct yeah yeah these aren't these so, aren't embryonic stem cells or anything right, these these right. are these would be just thrown away right and then, um, and then he just had uh, this doctor's have um like a connection with the dental office and they're ethically taking them and it's quite heavily studied in Nagoya University. Nagoya is where the food is, um, not too far from uh, where the, um, Dr. Makain is living. And so, and happened to be my friend, the doctor, was like at some point collaborated with this Nagoya University professors and doing this there. Like, uh, then he developed it. Um, and he thought it would be great to do use it and clin clinically not only the research mm. but that's the clinical part the this my doctor friends are doing mm. and but he's kind of doing like under the later like he, it's a famous enough that people are trying it but um yeah he's, he's he doesn't feel the need to be trying to license it etc well, again, yeah again yeah. because there's nothing to license about like yeah, you, you there's not natural uh products yeah. only right. the only the extraction maybe <laughs> right so i'm just reading the uh the mm -hmm. methods here and so this is a uh, impact injury um after the uh after yeah. ketamine induction and then uh, mm -hmm. they're opening up the uh, right. the thoracic uh level th9 and um, 200 kilodyne injury force was induced with a commercially available SCI device, Infinite Horizon Impactor Precision Systems and Instrumentation. Using this protocol, we obtained a consistent degree of spinal cord contusion injury. The Basso BD and Bresnan score at eight weeks after injury was four to six. Okay, so um, it's a re again, we've got to get this reproducibility. That, that, that's the target here. And mm -hmm. in this case, they're using essentially uh, impactor, a hammer, basically. Mm -hmm. In our case, we'll be using the um, medical countermeasure as a um, as a way to induce injury. And we'll we'll set out to induce injury. This we're not looking to make an immunogenic response, mm -hmm. right? Because the, we know that there are people who have had adverse events. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And so yep. it, it's the, the point here is to try to model that mm -hmm. in, a, in as reproducible fashion as possible. And like I say, if we find that. Um, wait, wait. So you, you. So let's interpret it in normal English. So you are saying that it, you want to induce the similar injury by the injection to the rodents or animals. Mm. And then. Well, we it, it, going for, the, the aim is to deliberately induce injury, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. right. We're not, we're not doing the. Um, oh, if it does injury or not? No, no. We do inject them until they get injured. Yes. 
Okay. So that would mean boosting, that would mean different routes, Uh like going directly into the brain. And then we can look for these inflammatory markers, right? Mm. By the way, I'm so against going directly to the brain. Ah, I do it all the time. That's why. It's, it's, uh... And to to the animal, animal, okay, okay. experimental animal, which passed the IRB, but would be nice starting from a, a well, mus- like say, muscular if, injection. Sorry. If this, if yeah, or look, if you can do it through intramuscular injection, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. That that makes our job that much easier. Yeah. But if if it requires a intracranial. Um, injection we better make sure that we're in the position to be able to do that mm-hmm. and i don't know you're unaware of this but you know there's a there's a sort of um time frame that we have to be working in with right now is that we want to get data yeah. in, in the next six weeks yeah. prior okay. to the elections in the u.s we want to we want to show something yeah um even if it's just preliminary data we want to okay. be able to say Mm-hmm. Here, look, we can do this in you know, yeah. repeatedly. Dun, 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 and, and okay, then... six weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Okay. Um, I, will, I will work on the, the licensure things. Handle so, the animal here tomorrow. To, just trying to look at the table here. So I, I guess these are just primers for, I don't know, the injury. So I see a lot of uh, inflammatory markers here. So um, I guess uh, that's what they're looking for. But I guess we'll go down to the uh, the data. And so I would I would say look at the tissue first um, before looking at any of the graphs. And so if you look at B, you can see the spinal cord is intact. And see the gray and white matter and um in the next one you can see an injury where they've just given f- uh, phosphate buffered solution mm-hmm. um saline basically yeah and there's a big chunk missing out of the spinal cord you see it seems um shrunken and um that mouse would have motor and sensory deficit for sure mm-hmm. um next to it we can see sheds now have they transplanted the stem cells here i think i think in this next one they've used actual transplanting of the cells let's just check their methods to see that um i just put it in the the link of the study we're looking at it because some people had a hard time reading it from the screen yeah let me mm-hmm. um should be a diy number somewhere no no i, I already sent the link of oh, the okay. PubMed. Okay. Mm-hmm. uh so i feel like i'm at a score m2 bone like marrow macrophage induction assay uh, okay immunohistochemical yeah i just want i'm just trying to work out if they actually implant the stem cells so there's a lot of assays here real time q histology they, they, they don't 
it's very tough to get the isolation of stem cells. Okay, well, isolated from individuals aged six to twelve. Primary characteristics were analysed by flow cytometry. Oh, Grant Botley would be interested in that. Um, let's see. Uh, as described previously, Shed's expressed a set of MSC markers. Uh, CD90, CD73, CD105, but not endothelial hematopoietic markers. Okay, um, again, that doesn't mean a whole bunch to me. Um, Co-expressed nesting, double courting. Okay, a lot, a lot, a lot of cytokines. Um, MSCs from human bone marrow lines, BMSCs from 20 to 22 year old individuals at passage 5 in human skin fibroblasts at passage 5 were obtained from whatever um, trying to see where they add so it seems that they use stem cells so they're comparing to stem cells and just the growth factors themselves and I think that's what C is so uh, shed transplantation, uh, a control, let's see here. Um, so anyone who just came into watching this, so what we are looking at is a paper, like we are looking into not only the um, like confirmation of damage, but we also go ahead and look into what can we done to the patient who has neurological damage in, in the future. And so not like, uh, so there is, yes, stem cell therapy can be done in America as well. Um, but so far, as far as I researched it, um, the legal one that you can do anywhere in the United States is the patient's own, like if fat cell removed it and then put in a centrifuge to get the stem cell out of your own fat cell, um, then inject to the like a place that it's you know the of injury um so that's quite expensive and somehow like um in the united states well it depends on the states but it's stem cell therapy is quite regulated i guess anything that go against like a farmer's profit i think it's very strictly regulated um so you know the, it would be great. I mean, if somebody else is a stem cell, then it, there is a potential of a cancer. And we don't, I don't personally want to introduce stem cell to that person whose, you know, immune system is whacked and like prone to get cancer after this magic potion mm -hmm. was injected. So I think it's a great um, things to do and the eco economical things to do is just to introduce the uh, growth factor, which is produced by the stem cell. So you don't introduce the stem cell itself, but only the juice extraction of it. Mm. So that that factor is known to so um, known to regrow the cells. Mm. And there is tons of studies already done in other stem cells therapy or growth factor therapy that is known to rebuild. Uh, um the neurons which is very well known to not to recover naturally so, so i think i think we should be clear here as i'm i'm sort of getting a better picture of their methods so mm -hmm. um so we are looking into the so we, we only know the like uh we just met the clinical doctor here in japan 
who's providing the therapy quite a reasonable price and maybe one month is like about $400. So we decided to like, okay, um, the, luckily or unluckily, um, the, Dr. McCain had a little bit of brain injury before. So it would be like a good measurement if he has a reduced headache or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we are looking into more like a controlled research paper all with this uh, ingredients and that's the review we are doing right now mm. am i explaining no, no, no that's Oxford? that's uh very very um nice the summary? summary yeah okay thank you um and uh, just just as a caveat to how they're doing the treatment here they're not yeah. giving a nasal spray they're putting in a um Intravenously or no, intrathecally. Uh, yeah, okay. So into the into the spinal cord at the site of injury. Um, okay, okay. So that's that could I, be a little expensive. Yes, because clinically. Yeah, you're you're looking at um, uh, an ongoing yeah. surgery, right? Because you're gonna it's gonna be open. But in in this particular instance, interestingly, that amount of injury mm-hmm. would cause uh, lower. Uh, paralysis no. yeah it's such no. such that they would have to squeeze the rats twice a day to avoid the oh. that, that's uh, the, so that's how serious the injuries oh. were okay um and again this is just a one one study and um you got to be careful but i can i can say after a few weeks six weeks yeah of doing I, it, I, i'm in a better condition than i was yeah Clearly, yes. And I also have um, a lot more energy that I'm doing like an hour and a half workout every day. And I. Yeah, I haven't got to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't have much of a brain injury. (laughs) So, so I was. But I'm definitely doing more than just being feeling like I'm nailed. Yeah. Yeah. You you were suffering, yet you're Mm. working hard. So. Yep. So anyway, they're they're doing it intrathecally, which is um... so intrathecally meaning usually in the human, uh, you need a sterile room because you don't want any infection. Usually, you're in a sterile room and then lay down like calling up, and then cover the rest of it and just open the like a round, um, uh, you know, injection point, and then the doctor have to do like a big needle pushing into your spinal mm. fluid area yeah it would and be, uh, well it's it's a painful it's that's a what painful i heard procedure. yes yeah. mm. it's, it's electrical spinal tap um, so the the nasal spray we are doing it seems like huh, no it's like what's good about it but nasal spray if you're laying down and push it in because of the where the nasal is of course there is a um, olfactory nerve is coming out from a stem, uh, uh, brain, not brain stem, um, yeah, brain stem, I guess, like a central nervous system. But also, there is like, a, but behind the bower, back of the nose, it has, oh, what's the name of it? Cribiform plate. Uh, the nervous system, like a brain area checking hypothalamus mm. area. Is because that there is a, some little opening of the brain barrier because 
this part. I have to yeah, check. Yeah, that's it's not so close to the um, back of the nose. Bulbs. It's um, it sits quite a bit back behind the. But um, it, you do the surgery of the area from nose. Um. Well, it, it so that that's a the other book. So, but anyway, so it has a lot of uh, uh, vessels in the nose, as you know. That's why people sn sniff something from the nose, right? Mm. Um, then it goes into the bloodstream, and then because the um, close to hypothermus area is checking your is that the oxygen level and the CO two level. Uh, that's basically your um, brainstem, right? Is, yeah. So they were they have a little opening to the like between blood brain barrier. I mean, which is spinal fluid, usually has. Well, the so for circulation and there's there's a system wide. Mm -hmm. um, but this is this is gross factor cytokine. It's small enough to get through the blood oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. area. Yeah, so if, um... if you are breathing in from nose and then it, there is like a capillary opening, mm. so it will sink it. Basically, close. It's closer to injecting it mildly, mm. and then yeah. we'll go through the brain. Like then, it's very close to the, you know, um, your your spinal fluid. And it has more possible, like it can be go through, go over the brain barrier. I think if I, I wasn't, I, I, I would look. My experience yeah. would say that mm -hmm. it does. Right? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. It I, does. Supposed to. But yeah, I feel the difference in the mm -hmm. system. So, what we are trying to look into it is like at the same time we we want to do the. Um, like confirming and convincing animal study of this injection really damaged the brain. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we just don't want to do diagnosis and audio. So we want to give some hope. Like there is like, it's $400 per month. wouldn't be too expensive. Not like a couple thousand per time in other Oh God, I mean, there. how much is a stem cell treatment? It's tens oh of God. thousands. Yeah, yeah, it's getting cheaper, especially Texas or like some some states. I think Florida is getting cheaper because of the competition, but still really expensive. And you know, so um, so it it would be nice to like, yeah, like you know, I I feel guilty of saying like, we told you, we told you so. You got the, you know, like. Um, no, you're, you're fucked me, old mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's it. That's you're so done. <laughs> like, it would have been nice, but mm. we have like some, you know, um, hope to the people who had a, some injury or who who took it without knowing anything, thinking they did a, the right things, mm. you know. And at least if they realize and then if they want to save themselves and they've tried, you know, like uh, IBM another therapy this could be like a, you know, for some severe you know reacted a patient i think this would be some hope and it would be nice to like we can look into it um yeah so um yeah you're looking at uh i i think it's quite an elegant paper that they've done um mm -hmm. looking at all these um overexpressed cytokines to injury 
which is nice. And I'm, I'm guessing when we go down, uh, we're going to see reductions in those. Um, oh, look at this figure two. Uh, so the teeth, something human, whatever, uh, contains more neuroregenerative factors than bone marrow stem cells. What? Uh, yeah. That's crazy. A summary of the cytokine antibody array analysis of shed CM, uh, so the tooth pulp extraction versus the bone marrow uh, extraction. And you can, well, I guess that's A. And here we can see anti-apoptosis neuroprotection is the predominant response for the pulp versus 31 for the bone marrow. Axonal elongation is increased. Yeah, all all of it is better than the um, bone marrow. Regulation of macrophage character is similar. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see other studies just sort of confirming this. It's nice to have one study, and you've got anecdotal reports from myself and Rimo. Um, and we've seen the like uh, their clinical videos and pictures mm, and mm. stuff. Yeah, and you know. By the way, my skin's getting better. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was nice. Oh my god, that's like a, such a side effect. I don't know if I can. Well, it, um, even Emmy mm -hmm. is taking it, and she says mm -hmm. she's, she's noticing. Emmy is his wife name, by the way, everyone. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's noticing. Yeah, she said I've got more energy. Yeah, great. Yeah, I got so much more energy. Like. Uh, little worried like i thought i was getting old and like now i'm like yeah like being active all the time and still have energy yeah so yeah it's mm -hmm. uh, it's 3 a.m everyone here in japan yeah we're, we're still going <laughs> going and then i was like oh like oh you're gonna start to like um stream okay let me run for like a 30 minutes of cycling and come back mm. and this is me after working as a physiotherapy, like six hours today, so quite exhausted, but still going. So I guess yeah. steroids and growth factors, folks. That's the answer. <laughs> Forget Super those supplements. Good. You need. Uh, the, uh, well, I don't know. You want the supplements, but you want to. Yeah. Um... So I, I think a combination of supplements is great because, especially omega three and coconut oil, which is middle chain. Um, fatty acid because your brain or nervous system is covered with myron cis, which is made with um, you know 60% fat um, so growth factor tells your body to remake it or can order it whatever they want imagine you have the like a new construction or rebuilding of the construction right renovation of it and then there is a great like um construction manager telling people to where to go however if there is no concrete no wood then they cannot do anything about it our brain is not made from air so if well it, depends is some, it? Some, some people is some it? people some people's got just airheads right you know you know you know there's <laughs> right, actually a, we, a we want to rebuild the good one so <laughs> but it's Sorry. actually a phenomenon where they've where they've mm. taken an mri of people's brains yeah. and what they find is is that mm. there's all the mid-brain mm. structures all get displaced and they've basically got a brain of 
um, sp- uh, CSF, right? Mm-hmm. It's w- like a water brain, and there's no, we don't have a good explanation for why these people are still functional. Like, you, oh, you, you're talking about the, the people with like uh, half a brain kind of thing. Like um, no, they, 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 they were they were born. No one no one knew that there was an issue until you know they've they've oh, yeah, volunteered yeah, yeah, yeah. to do a study, and literally right, right, right. literally their their head is just full of um, spinal fluid. Yeah. They've got like a cortical mantle around the outside, and and you know I'd, I, again this was stuff from thirty years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think um, so. I, think I don't know. Maybe maybe that was just a uh, um, I'm, I'm but, conflating stuff, but. Um, it was just a joke about airheads anyway. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you get it. Mm. Uh, okay, so people what asking is, what me what, what I said. Then I was taking like uh, omega-3, 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams, and coconut oil, three tablespoons uh, a day, which was um, like uh, protocol in my previous clinic I worked for was given to the brain. For brain injury, like they so, take more than... Tazik Skub is asking where we get the um, mm-hmm. growth factors from. This is directly from the, uh, the producer, the manufacturer. Yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's got the cultures of these? Um, right. He have own house dentist to grow this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I'll go and get the bottle again. Keep uh, keep yeah. people entertained. <laughs> I hope I can entertain. <laughs> so yeah, like I. It was it was interesting that you know not so many people in Japan knows about growth factor or stem cell therapy. So I don't know. Like somehow casually, I mentioned it to him, to my Japanese doctor friend, and then he's like, "I use that therapy. Like I couldn't believe it. You know about this." And then so you know, and since Doctor Makin knows or interact with you know stem cell therapy. Um, so naturally we went into that conversation and then he also got interested in like, you know, there are so many people suffering from those injection injury or even just long COVID. Right. And quite often the symptoms is that, you know, neurological that they cannot explain. And often they said they don't see much in MRI. And it's harder to see an MRI because unless you get like a clear, like a scoop out the injury or something, or you have two more, it's harder to see an MRI. Uh, I used to work in a clinic called Amen Clinics. I don't know how many people knows that, but so Amen Clinic is known to do spectroscan, which is you put like a dye, like a to you know, lighten up the part that you're using, the oxygen. So even though you have a structure intact in it, like a frontal cortex, if you had an injury and there's not enough blood flow going there, um, like after injection, you do some like a easy like computer game, which supposed to like uh, use your prefrontal cortex. And normal people without any injury, after you try to focus on something, the prefrontal cortex is active. Therefore, if you do spectroscan, you would see like a lighting up, you know, like the spot being active. Uh, 
somebody who had a brain injury, even easy one, like you, you know, fall down from the stairs or like, you know, flipped on the bicycle and you hit the frontal lobe, then we, or somebody who smoke pot like way too long chronically, then you will Don't see. Smoke pot, kids. Oh, know. excuse me. I'm, I'm not offending anyone. <laughs> I hope. It's, it's a reversible, but uh, needs a lot of things to, you know, like you have to introduce a lot of um, like a nutrition to heal it. But, you know, dumping into the, let's say, concrete and all the bl <laughs> blocks um, flicks into the, you know, construction site, not always landed into the room, like a right place. What the stem cell is very good at it is that it, 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 it doesn't it finds go... these areas, right? That, correct. That... It's somehow, we don't know why, but it, it finds a damaged place going there and try to release, I mean, release the cytokine slash growth factor. Cytokine is just meaning... Um, cell, cell signaling molecules. That's, right. That, that's, Cyto that's... is the cell, cell the kinds whatever like um chemicals chemicals so that, that's i think latin or something um so cytokine is like a big umbrella terms for all the chemical that cyto cell is releasing and one of which is some kind of growth factor of course growth factor is also another smaller umbrella and there are many like growth factors okay i hope this was a helpful yeah so that's i mean you're getting into areas of the paper here again i would encourage everyone to read the paper um, <laughs> if, if you can resist the falling asleep yes like, uh, yeah. if you've got questions question mm -hmm. um, <laughs> i uh, hope i i'm sure one of your audience or like a really smart like can join us and explain to us <laughs> um, mm. well I, I, what i would like is to disseminate <laughs> this yeah um therapy right yeah 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 because yeah it was like a kind of to me because i was like hoping those therapy will come around but i, I knew that it, in japan is still or everywhere in the world it's quite expensive but this is affordable and like a transferable it's like it's easy to administer worst case scenario just freeze that like a freezing version of the liquid sent it anywhere oh, just got a, a block through that ah. but, um it's it's very um it's very easy to administer, to administer in this yeah moment. but if you if you're in a if you're in a worse state yeah, right, yeah. you can go for intravenous yeah, yeah, IV mm. um, approaches, and that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go okay. for a course of IV treatment, and I'll I'll let you know if I can. I think I think I yeah, expect I it to be uh, good. So, yeah. Oh, somebody, Rook Trader said, any thoughts on the RNA AstraZeneca? My audio is too low. How dare you? Oh, I did. Um, I did bump up uh, the desktop uh -huh. because. Bugbrush Wilson sound was so so terrible. Also, people have taken this in the UK. I heard actually. Wait, AstraZeneca is RNA? No, it's a DNA, DNA plasmid. Okay. Um, right? 
Desmond, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. look, um, in the AstraZeneca or the Janssen version, mm-hmm. we found uh, copper. Yep. Uh, that shouldn't <laughs> thought, be there. I thought we were seeing some kind of contaminant or something like, what? Like we were like kind of puzzled. Was well, it, it is a contaminant. It is a yeah. contaminant. Mm-hmm. That, that is true. That the, is true. Yeah. The question is, well, other people have have seen it as well, and so it should be it mm-hmm. should be listed as a product. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. that's why you won't see someone like uh, Wilson debate me because I've actually got data myself that I've gone yeah. and looked yeah. at these uh, these products and and found these issues missing missing phosphorus. Uh-huh copper nanoparticles now the missing phosphorus you know there could be many you know the preparation can have been right but other people have seen that as well yeah we're not the only ones yeah Uh, so that that was assuring like um those studies should be repeated more well you know when we do the rodent study Mm -hmm. um we we will do the um do you want to close that uh, paper and then make the yeah. Our small <laughs> conversation um, there. Let's do that. Um, so there. I don't know if you can hear the. Mm-hmm. So it's just that little little sniff, and yeah, it's good. Yeah, b- blocking your view with the, but yeah, it's just normal, um, like nasal spray. Yeah. Um, and you know, you'll feel it come on in a few minutes. And I, I don't feel come on two minutes, but yeah, you have to do more. Oh my god, but what happened was the doctor was like, Yeah, like, um, some people have an improvement of sleep, which I didn't have problem to begin with, and then like, it seems like uh, it's it's a it's good to do it at night time, so I thought, huh. I anyway lay down so that it doesn't drip into my, you know, post-nasal drop. So I thought, oh, it would be a good idea to put that before, like, lay down. However, I didn't sleep until 3, 4 a.m., even though I was so tired. So I guess it was working, <laughs> for sure. No, so I, I, to... I find it better through the day. Um, yeah, if I take so... it now, I don't want to sleep now. Right, right, right. So... But I didn't know it had an amphetamine in it. <laughs> no. Just kidding. <laughs> oh gosh, it's kidding. But um, so, but so, so, I, so the, the without, critical thing here is mm-hmm. no need for viral vectors, no need right. for synthetic um, mm-hmm. n- uh, lipid nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. The cell is packaging these cytokines in its own exosomes yeah. and, and pumping them out, and that's what they're extracting. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know how many people understand the exosome, but so our cell keep making all kinds of uh, products, protein and all that in the cell that what we need in the outer space of the cell. So within the cell, there is a factory it's making it. And once they make it, it's not going to come out by itself. It's put into the, this little bubble and then as it comes out the surface, it opens up and then release the contents of it. And the exosome outside it just become part of the outer side of the cell. So well the virus does the opposite way. It 
comes in and attached to our cell and then goes in and drops the contents inside of our cell. So exosome, exo, exiting, swarm, body. So exiting from the cell body to release the chemical which they made into the, you know, outer, outer um, fluid of the cell. So what what the stem cell is doing is like it's making the growth factors and all kind of site like beneficial cytokine in the stem cell. Um, once they make it, they release using this exosome to release outside. Well, actually, Think- actually, what I would be interested in is um, if you could combine it with uh, psilocybin and those types of uh, okay, that that's very. <laughs> Um, I think so. Cyrocybin, the as far as I read, is it's a neural modulator, more like a new. Uh, but it it does cause neurite outgrowth, and um, it does seem to be somewhat um, useful in um, brain injury, and that is that, that not neuromodulation, neuroplat. Plasticity wise, it's good. But as far as I I watched the lecture of the what's that Canadian researcher name? Paul Stamets. Stamets. He's saying that it that does. Well, Karmadoc is uh, close friends with Paul Stamets. Great, right? Um, oh my god, that's great. It's 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 crazy how it's things are connected, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the people are connected. But it, so neuroplasticity can be done. So if somebody who has brain injury and they cannot move like their hands, let's say we that person doesn't have the tactile sensation of the hands, there is a part of the uh, motor function brain part controlling this part of the arm can change into modify or be able to use as like a hand um like to control the hand movement mm. that's neuroplasticity but not the neuro regeneration factor the other other things can be done is lion's mane which you also know lion's mane is another mushroom that is at least as far as Paul Stemet saying that it, it has a neuro-regeneration factor to it. So that's why he was like a, um, suggesting to somebody who has a brain injury and then trying to get healed. The combination of those two would be great. Mm. Um, I'm thinking if we could get like a uh, lion's mane and then this growth factor would be like uh, powerful. But in addition yeah. to that, I would definitely put like an ingredient of the brain, uh, like all kinds of uh, supplements, but it especially omega three and um, coconut oil would it be great. Mm. Hmm. And um, that was my personal opinion. Yeah, and like I said, there's there's a whole repertoire of products that I that I don't think are it's it's not um fullerene and c60 i would stay away from any of that artificial what is essentially nanotech i wouldn't be i wouldn't be putting that in my no. body i would stay away from the nano silver mm-hmm. um t- 
technologies as well and go for go for what the body uses they are good things for nausea but i don't know enough to comment on that well i mean that there are people that are taking it every day and i i would be um yeah no question i i know that they use no silver to like anti-virus factor mm. or something like that but the the fullerene the c60 and everything yeah. i I, th I think that i think that's very um it's very sketchy they're charging you they're charging huge markups for essentially an industrial chemical and um the um well i i i, I don't endorse or not endorse like do do your in you know due diligence i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um look Someone, if someone wants if someone wants to send me what they think is their super mm -hmm. duper fullerene um I'll, mm -hmm. I'll try it but i'll, I'll tell you this mm -hmm. um i've tried uh essentially virtually every supplement that you could think of and none of them have had the mm -hmm. desired effect i could I, I could compare it to the fact a, a pharmaceutical level right i can i can adjust pain the subjective experience of pain through a whole bunch of modulators and um, prescribed medications. And well, I, I, I would say yeah. that the nasal spray is uh, on par, or yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it very much helps the other yeah. modulators. Yeah, 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 I think so. So what, what we are just saying, like, well, like a dream. Oh, you're, I'm not hearing you. You don't hear me? Oh, no, I can't hear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, again, I would be um, remiss in not telling people about this. You know, yeah. I've spent yeah. two and a half years sitting searching here. for mm. <laughs> searching for what's good or not. Uh, let me let me but just play a uh, mm -hmm. GD Bakshi because today we've raised two hundred and fifty dollars. <gasps> that's uh, that's you taken care of, Rimo. <laughs> It worked. Thank you, thank you. It <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm taking time off from my work tomorrow to research on how Dr. McCain can get the uh, like a special license to handle the animal in Japan. Yeah, we want we want to do it legally, not yeah. um not uh breaking yeah. the rules. And yeah. um mm. and like I said, this is everything will be transparent. Yeah. that I'm doing as much as much as humanly possible I, I will make everything transparent so you can have some um, confidence in in what it is that you're seeing and you know with the nasal spray I get it that it might seem a little oh here's here's the magic um, <laughs> but I'm I'm not making anything yeah, he, from that he, he, he's not uh, we're not gonna making any money from it we just mm. had it such a great effect mm. then Especially like you know, the time I couldn't sleep, uh, I thought that, that would help me sleep, and I didn't know that was an energizing factor. Mm. So I didn't even like I didn't sleep without you know it, it was like a negative perceived effect, right? Mm. Like a nocebo effect because I thought that that would help me sleep because that's what he was saying. Yeah, and, it didn't do that for me. <laughs> I was, right. uh, I was so like, oh that, wow, that, I'm awake. That, I can that was, move around. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, uh, eventually it, it improved your sleep quality, as I remember you saying it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, I mean, I'm I'm still, 
So utilizing medications, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the head injury. But mm -hmm. I've been able to reduce some. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I am taking is more effective at that yeah. dosage. Yeah, and yeah, there's, yeah. there's a definite mm -hmm. um, regenerative effect rather, rather than just a numbing effect, which the pharmaceuticals do. I, I'm, I would wager yeah. that um, if we had the sensitivity, we could see the regeneration. Mm -hmm. right. And that's what we'll do in the rodents. We'll, we'll yeah. test that in the rodents, especially if we get, like I say, right. our, our aim, induce the adverse events, yeah. then try and um, negate the inflammatory amyloidosis, predicted amyloidosis, but we'll see. So... Um, yeah, so, the, so again, someone asking, go watch the stream. We've gone into depth what, what's there. And um, it's, it, it's the secretory products of stem cells acquired from... Uh, wow! Uh, oh, thank you, CC Roof, for subscribing. Um, the, uh, the stem cells that are part of the pulp of baby's teeth that would just be discarded anyway they take those they culture them they plate off the the liquids it's filtered and and there you go you've got your peptides and they're all wrapped up in natural exosomes not synthetic lipids like the uh, gene transfection technologies are doing um, oh, oh, sorry I, I missed that the, you're trying to explain about the stem uh, stem cell driven growth factor thing maybe? no I'm, I'm saying well, what, so, what you're talking about sorry I missed that so the exosome that it's packaged in is a natural phospholipid, not like uh, the gene transfection that comes that they're using right now. Right? We know we know that those lipid particles are highly inflammatory yeah. themselves, and yeah. uh, again, there's just a natural profile to this um, intervention, this medical intervention. But uh, no, there is exosome. When it comes out, my so understanding of it is... Teeth. No, it's child's teeth. It's, it's when kids lose their teeth naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just the dentist will just harvest the, uh, the pulp in there. So it's completely ethical in terms of the source of, of the um, pulp. You know, the, the, yeah, they're yeah. asked if they want to um, donate the, the tissue. And right, right, right. if they don't, then it's just put in the trash. Yeah. Um, so this way, there's a there's a positive impact to this um, procedure, right? You, you, you're basically engaged in a harvesting procedure, but entirely ethical. It's not. It's yeah. not. Um, you want to throw it away into the garbage, or you want this to make it the good usage? Mm. I know. So. My understanding of an exosome is you're not like, so if it's, this is a cell mm. and then in a DNA, and this is the part they're making the protein, whatever, mm. and then putting so you have rough package, and smooth and a particulum. Right. And then you make it like, let's say that whatever it made is made into this package mm. of Vesicles. exosome, disco, yeah. and then come to the surface. And then exosome disappear into the surface of the cell. Well, one part of the vesicle does, but those oh. little particles that are coming out are right. also packaged in um, 
Oh, okay, okay. So what you're saying is that it. So <laughs> okay. So if yeah. you Ma magnify Ma Maples, who who is a doctor, says it's better than foreskin cream. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And um, look, I'm not, I'm against uh, so. So what you're saying is that it. Uh, I don't know if you can say. So so each particle, if you make it bigger, mm. then it would have uh, a, li a lipid shell lipid. around it, phospholipid bilayer um, like shell. Like that. Yeah. So okay, because you were saying the exosome is covered in so ex contents of the exosome. So you've got like you can imagine you've got a very large exosome which is the the vesicle, right, 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 and in it are, are smaller packaged um, growth factors surrounded by these nanoparticles, and it's okay. done that way because it's evolutionarily driven to look for the most effective uh, releasing mechanism. We know we know about these. Um, so this will eventually go on to some other cell. Because of that, it's covered by uh, lipid and lipid bilayer. And this part is lipid bilayer. It's easier to be taking, yes. taking in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So imagine everyone who's not like a family is um, uh, cell biology here. Um, what it's saying is that it, you know, usually water and the lipids is repel each other. If you just release certain protein or some chemical by itself without um, the by itself, then it's very hard. It's just going to float around, but there is a less likely it will be sinking into the the cell which needs the help of the um, growth factor. Um, having the lipid to surround it like a natural bilayer lipid. So because our each cell has lipid bilayer, lipid and lipid it will stuck to each other and it can go in. And this is another reason why the the injection fluid, which has synthetic uh, nano lipid in it, is quite dangerous because mm. same as other like a natural those you know, exosome has a lipid. If that one has a lipid around it in the chemical, it will basically the more fat, fatty cell of our body or fatty organs will attract those things, and then comes along and it comes into unwanted. Well, area. There's, there's a question oh, about okay. whether it's able to just pass directly through the outer cell membrane and into the nucleus. Um, you know, there seems to be evidence for that. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, so first of all, first of all, it will go into the non-targeted area, and the reason why that we've seen that people with like a liver uh, problem, hepatitis, or brain things is that it, brain is sixty percent fat. So any place, and then like ovaries, uh, protected by. Fat, I believe. Um, so any place that has a higher fat percentage, it's it's simply said like uh, it's a more likely observed as nanolipid particle, I think. And so, then, as you said, if 
once it enters and it seems like as far as the um like the in vivo liver cell experiment shows that it just introducing the mrna into the uh in vivo which is on the plate um liver cell in vitro sorry in vitro um then drop into it within six hours it it enter to the um inside of the liver cell Mm. and then nucleus nucleus is where um the dna is protected normally it's harder to enter but we already seen that it the mrna goes into this um nucleus well and then start copying there's some data indicating that that could be the case and that could be the case um yeah yeah so yeah i'd like to see more and we might be able we might be able to identify um things like that so you know we'd have to do immunohistochemistry for spike Mm -hmm. protein and um yeah we'll see where it translocates we've got fluorescent microscopy available to us um there's there's many there's many avenues we can take with the tissue once we get it. You know, it's easy to stain for amyloid. Um, you don't have to do much processing, but we could. Um, You're talking about the rodents. Rodent tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, I think I think that's about it, folks. I'm gonna. It, it is. I've got to get kids ready soon, so. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pull the ripcord. So <laughs> yeah, Rimo, it was thank you. very very nice talking. I hope everybody and. In- enjoy my interpretation too because <laughs> mm. um, you know like a dr mckin is a really intelligent but sometimes i know that it certain words are too you know bigger words and like um oh, that's like 20 dollar words what 20 dollar <laughs> words big long big long $20 <laughs> words so, so uh, i i hope my i hope i did it Okay. No, you did great. You did okay, great. great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And doing yeah. it in a s doing it in a second language uh-huh. and ad- advanced uh neurobiology. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, I haven't done it for a while. <laughs> so there, there you go, folks. That there's a there's a lab building right in front of you that you can see. I, I don't think there's ever been anything like this to for people to be able to see this type of work. Maybe maybe for the Hadron Collider or something. You'd have, you you've had uh, some yeah. peep into into what they do, but uh, this this type of um, biology not not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there'll be I'm failures along mm. the way, um, but yeah. uh, you know. Um, thank you very much for the do- donation. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, allow us to do that. It's, um, a, it's a teamwork, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, we need uh, four more. Four more <laughs> days of that, and then and then that covers uh, a lot of this week. Your time, my time, Simon's time, and uh, uh, Chris as well. I'd like to throw Chris. Uh, he's doing a lot for the social. And thank media. you for allowing me to get into your space. I know you made so much effort to create this community, and I'm very honored to be part of it. Hajimashite. No, that's that's nice to meet you. I don't know why you said that. That's <laughs> <laughs> about the, the only word. I think it's like you're welcome. Doitashi. 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 Yeah. Say it one more time, please. Doitashi. Master.
I'm trying to teach Dr. McCain the <laughs> Maybe now to... maybe now I'll start remembering stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that would be a good test. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> All right, remote, you take uh, care. Okay. I will okay, speak thank to you, you later. You. Yep. Bye later. Bye. Bye everyone. Thank you. All right. So uh there you go. Um yeah, I'm out of here folks. It's twenty four in the morning. <laughs> Got it. I can't get kids ready. Um yeah, so take care, God bless. And like I say, we're we're working towards um, solutions. Um, so uh, yeah, it's not all it's not all dark. It's not all dark. Take care, guys. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these peppers! I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these peppers. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever drugs in my fucking blood, blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fighting for my fucking and my fucking and my fucking All that fight. I like this guy. So, technically, 5,000 turned into one of the